0: Shalom Aleichem, on behalf of Teach 613, we welcome you to Take 10 fit Talmud. Gitten Pei Zayin, get in 87B, pagination is 174. We're starting from the top of the page on the third line, on the topic of signing the Get. So, a very critical part of the Get procedure is the witnesses signing on the get? Is an interesting discussion that comes up in a number of places. Whether the way we paskin that the ede Messira, the witnesses of the giving over the get, are so critical. What role exactly the ede chasima, the witnesses who sign, play? But nevertheless, it's certainly considered a very critical part and has to be done properly. So it seems from the Gemara on Lamid Vov 36, that at one point on many documents, people would not necessarily sign their actual name. They might even sign Ani Poloniade. I, whoever I am, without even identifying himself, am signing. And such would indicate that there was a kosher witness there, but we would be hard-pressed to figure out who it was. We would have to spend time trying to identify his signature or going into the history and figuring out who it was and verifying the signature. There's a Takana which is cited, which is known as the Takanas Rabban Gamliel, in which He made a takana that everybody should sign in a specific protocol, which is the person's name, Ben, his father's name, and then at the end, particularly by gittin, we write Eid. So Reuven Ben Yaakov Eid, for example. The Gemara on top of the page indicates that there was a time when specific people who were well-known and their signatures were well-known from different greetings that they did, uh, Shailas and Shuvas that they wrote, Respanza, they were able to sign documents using a symbol. The Gemara tells us Rav Tzayar Kavra, Rav used a fish as his symbol, Rabbi Chanina Charusa, Rabbi Khanina used a date palm, as his symbol. Rav chista sama Samach. Ravchista used the letter Samach. Rav Hoshia Ayin. Rav hoshia used the letter Ayin. Rav Barav Huna Tzayir Mechusa. Rabba used the mast of a ship as his symbol when he signed. And apparently that would be good. The concern that's brought is will people recognize that it's him And the Gemara and Lamedvav indicates that these particular people were well-known personalities whose signature was known. The Chochmah Shlomo in Baba Basra, Kuf Samach Aleph, writes that he believes that the reason that they chose these symbols is because somehow these were the items, particularly by fish and dates, that they did L'Kavad Shabbos. These are the things that they did L'Kavad Shabbos, and whenever they signed a document, as my Rabbi explained it to me, they would sign with this symbol of their to honor Shabbos activity. This one presumably filleted the fish or roasted the fish, whatever he did, and the other one made sure to get good dates, that was his Shabbos treat. Whenever they signed a document, they signed it, keeping in mind that it has to be compatible with honoring Shabbos. And if they would get into a deal, or consider a deal, business deal, that's not compatible, they would be reminded it has to be compatible with Shabbos, which is the words of the Sifarno in Parshas Yisro on the Ten Commandments. When it says, "Sheshes Yamim ta'avod, six days you should work, the Seferno wonders why six days you should work is part of the commandment of Shabbos. Who cares what you do during the six days? The main thing is that on Shabbos, you rest. I don't care if you rest the rest of the week. You don't. Re- Why is sheishes yamim tavod part of the mitzvah? And the Siferno writes because the way you work during the six days of the week has to be done in a way that's compatible with the fact that you will need to rest on Shabbos. If a particular deal is going to cause you much agitation over Shabbos, then you really have to think again whether it's a correct and fair deal to get into. Let's continue with the topic of signing on a get, counting up from the bottom of the page about ten lines, at the beginning of a line. If instead of writing, ish poloni ben ish poloni aid, the perfect structure of signing, a person only did ish Aid. He only wrote that his name and, and the word aid Kasher, that the Mishnah says would also be Kasher. Ben ish Aid, if he only wrote that you're the son of so-and-so, your father's name, the Mishnah says Kasher, that would also be Kasher. ish Ben Ish-Piloni, of Aid, if he said, I, the son of my father, he didn't write the word aid, witness, Kasher, that's also acceptable. <coughs> and that's what the elite in Yerushalayim used to do. Elite, meaning ethically elite, they were very proficient. And Rashi tells us, Noah Gim Kitsara. They used to talk short. If it was an unnecessary word, they wouldn't use it and therefore they excluded the word aid because they felt it wasn't necessary. But again, as we're saying, the way we structure the get is with very specific guidelines, and the person should sign, according to the protocol, Plony Ben Plony Aid. Now, another important rule to be aware of is that generally we sign, we have the witnesses sign in age order, in general, um, or whatever the Rav HaMasada would decide, but it's important to be aware that they should not sign out of order, meaning person number two should not leave space and then sign his name leaving room for the first witness to fill in his name between the get and the second signature. And the reason is because, in general, we never leave space between a document and the witness because we're concerned that someone might add something in. If he would skip a line and then sign, then at least for the few moments when he has signed before the first witness fills in his name, at least for that time period, it was incorrectly done. There was space there before the witness, and therefore we make sure that the Edom sign in order, and they don't leave any space. The Pischei Tshuva in Kuf lamid Sivkat Tes, considers a number of variations on the conventional method of signing the document. We generally sign in block letters of similar to the Sefer Torah type of writing, using uh, quill and ink as a sofa would. Peschei says that they once got a get that was written in Ksav Rashi, what people call Ksav Rashi. Now, a historical note is that Rashi really had nothing to do with it, Uh, that interesting print that Rashi is typically printed in. Presumably, it was created by the printers who wanted to differentiate between the main text and the commentary, and it became known as Rashi print. So the Pishechuva considers a case where the Adim had signed in whatever country they had written the get, they had signed in Rashi letters. But it was a case where it's totally legible. They can understand exactly what they signed. Another case that he considers is if the signature is not legible to I shouldn't say legible, but not easily read by a child. If it would have been a Sefer Torah, we would probably passel it, because he's reading the Dalet as a Reish, or vice versa. And the Peschet Shuva writes that as long as it can be read by a Tinok Chorif, a child that's perceptive, that's smart, <coughs> then that certainly would be acceptable. Perhaps part of this is keeping in mind that a signature by nature is going to have a little bit of personality to it, and it's not going to be the same as the writing of a Sefer Torah. Nevertheless, we do try that the adim should sign in the letters formed in the same way as a Sefer Torah, properly, distinctively, in a way that would actually be acceptable and kosher, <coughs> had it been uh, for sefer Torah to fill in and mezuzas type of writing. Yashikowach, thank you for joining.